Hello, and welcome back to the Weekly Rundown, presented by the Minnesota Daily. I am your host, Paul Hodewanek, and if I'm not mistaken, I, I think there might be an important game this weekend. I think some people have been talking about it. I've seen some things on Twitter. I'm sure you guys have heard some whispers, and of course, I'm joking. That would be the Gophers <laughs> taking on Penn State this Saturday at 11 a.m., battle of top 15 teams. So to break down everything about this matchup and recent Gopher football news, because there's been a lot of it, we bring back our football reporters, Nick Youngheim and John. Nick, how you doing? How's it going, Paul? And Johnny? Dying, just living the dream. All right, well, make sure to check out both of their work on both of their works on mndaily.com or pick up a paper on campus to check out the newly printed football issue. So I want to get into some headlines before we break down the matchup. So first up, the Tuesday press conference was a little bit taken over. Looked like a forty-five minute delay or something like that. <laughs> just, uh, just a little delay. I, just a l- I may have missed my two thirty class. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess they're not factoring in the student reporters. But um, Flex on a new contract, seven year extension. So not seven years on top of the four he already had. Just a seven year extension. So it'll run through twenty twenty six. If he's still there, we'll get to that in a little bit. But it's worth thirty two point two million dollars if you average out the four point six million annually, which is what he will be getting in the first year. I think that has $50,000 bumps after every year, so that one would go up a little bit. And then it also includes a buyout of $10 million that first year, and then it drops down to 4.5, and then farther and farther down as we get farther into the schedule, which or into the contract, which is an important one to note. So first off, I just kind of want to get why this was the move for both of them. So first off, we'll start with Fleck. Why was this something that Fleck wanted to get done right now? I think Fleck wanted to get it done because I think, God, I mean, this is a tough one. I think Fleck wanted to get it done just because, um, I mean, it, it looks good for recruits. Recruits need to know that you're sticking around for a while. And also it's a guaranteed pay raise for him. I mean, I was still shocked that he's making less than Jeff Brom, especially because the Gopher program is a lot better than Purdue right now. Um, so I was a little shocked at the price tag being as low as it is. Um, but I'm not surprised at, you know, his – his leverage to keep the buyout low after next year, and even then, I still think $10 million is super cheap for a major like program like Notre Dame. Yeah, if I'm going to jump in really quickly here just about that Brom point that you made, it's kind of surprising when you look at all the head coaches. Brom is actually second in the Big Ten, which seems kind of crazy. He's already making 6.6. I think that was reactionary to them thinking they were going to lose him to Louisville over the over the summer. So. Yeah, yeah, he's like, yeah, like James Franklin isn't above him. Like Kirk Ferentz of Iowa, who's been there forever, hasn't been above him. The new Ohio State coach isn't above him. So I'm not surprised he didn't get that 6.6. He probably should be above Brom, but I'm not sure Brom's worth that. Uh, Nick, anything to add for that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if anybody other than Fleck and maybe his immediate family will know for sure, but it seems like with the team be sitting at 8-0 right before November, this just seemed like the perfect time to strike for him. You know, like John said, this is kind of when you'll have the most leverage. I mean, you could definitely beat Penn State, and then your stock will rise a little more. But I, I think it was smart right now, especially, like, coming off of the bye week, having had a little more time to think about it to get this done right now. And, you know, give the team and fans something to be a little more excited about heading into this week, not that they probably need it. Yeah, it's also a guarantee. I mean, if he would lose the next four games, I think that that contract number could he wouldn't be as hot a commodity. Maybe he wouldn't have got that, that the contract that he did. So I don't know. I think it's just good for both. It, it provides a little bit of stability. Although I, that those buyouts are super small. So I think 
one thing that I was thinking about is they could just keep renegotiating his contract as the team gets better um, because he sure seems to avoid every he says he wants to be here but there's something in his tone of voice where he keeps like keeps you like not a hundred percent sure that he's gonna stay yeah I was gonna jump in after we talked about the team but we'll just get to it now because you brought it up sorry no no worries um any sense that like because when you I just was looking at the transcripts because I was in class too I didn't hear it he's saying you know this program needs a Kirk Ferentz it like we we need to be here for a long time I want to be here for a long time and I know that's just stuff you say, but he came out and said a lot of things that make it sound like he really wants to be here. And I was like, is this a Kyrie Irving type situation? Is he going to leave next year after he said that? Oh, things have changed. Things are different now. It's not what I saw then. Like, are there senses that he wants to leave or are we taking those words at face value? It's really hard to know. I mean, an offer from a team like a Notre Dame, a Florida State, that is hard for a coach to turn down. But he was spot on when he said, what the Gophers program needed was somebody like a Kirk Ferentz, someone like Barry Alvarez at Wisconsin and what he did. Look at even like Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern, some of these Big Ten West programs that don't necessarily have great recruiting bases, but they've been able to be really successful because they've had a coach for a really long time that's been able to implement his culture. I think if you're going to win at a school like Minnesota with any sort of consistency, you're going to need stability at the head coach position. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, I just he, – he says that, and I, like I said, I talked about the buyout, you know, being lower and lower, and I don't know if he's just using that as leverage, but either way, I mean, $10 million's not a lot in year one if a team like Notre Dame or USC comes – especially USC with all the boosters they have in Notre Dame. They have huge boosters to buy that out, and then it just gets cheaper and cheaper. I don't know if that's a leverage tactic because that really looks like you're looking for a way out or you're just looking to, to leverage that into a lot more money. It's, 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 it could be both. Yeah, and I'm thinking maybe for those USC's, those Notre Dame's, there might not be a buyout number too high. So at that point, that $10 million takes out like a, just another jump up, like another major jump up, but not maybe one of those top 10 programs. So maybe it eliminates one of those because I'm not sure they're, you're right if there's ever a buyout that is too much for some of those programs, but maybe taking out some of the other ones that maybe he'd leave for. So now, why does it make sense for the team? It seems kind of obvious, but give us lay out the reasons about why the Gophers want to keep him and why they want to keep him right now. I think it goes back to what I just said. They they need somebody who's going to be able to keep a consistent culture. And, I mean, you look at what he's done, 8-0 for the first time since 1941, and the relative quickness with, with which he's had the success being only in his third season, I, I mean – I think this quick turnaround, the Gopher program has already reached heights it hasn't reached in a long time. And, you know, there's really nothing to suggest that if Fleck were to leave, they'd be able to keep on this pace that they're on right now. Yeah, I mean, just look at it. We're numbered. We're not worried. We're the, the program is number 13 in the country. And, yeah, it definitely provides that stability. And like I talked about before, it looks good for recruits. And if he's if he wants to stay and build this into a powerhouse, I mean, this deal – looks fantastic for the Gophers, but I definitely think it'll be renegotiated. But, yeah, it's a, it's a win-win, and especially Mark Coyle. I talked about his relationship with Fleck and how much they get along. They're two opposite personalities, but they love each other, and I think um, the general respect for each other is there, and they, they definitely wanted to hammer something out to keep him here long-term, and I think if, if it's going to come to the table again in a year or two, they'll, they'll pay him. Yeah, it's interesting, just one more note, that it's a seven-year deal because obviously – that deal would get reworked if somehow he was still here in two years, that deal would get reworked more money 
bigger buyouts. So maybe that seven year is more of a, a PR. You just like, hey, we're here till 2026. But there's no way that if he's still here in two years, that that wouldn't get reworked. Um, 100%. Now I want to go to one other th- piece of news. The first college football playoff poll rankings, whatever you want to call it, came out. Gophers are 17th. That's in opposition to their number 13 ranking in the AP poll and the coaches poll. So it might, I think the national people said it was because of the strength of schedule. Is that what we're taking it as? Why they're maybe 17th above? I think it was like six teams that already have two losses. Yeah, I I think if you look at where those rankings are at right now, it seems evident to me that the committee was valuing quality wins and strength of schedule to have teams like Wisconsin, Iowa, Kansas State, two lost teams ahead of Minnesota. Um, That caught me a little off guard, so it seems low for a ranking, but at the same time, they're still undefeated right now. There are four games left in the season. You know know what was going to happen either way. If they lose these upcoming games, they're going to drop. If they win, they'll keep rising. It really shouldn't concern them at all. Yeah, definitely shouldn't concern them, and don't think that they're not using that as bulletin board material either. But yeah, the six, or the, yeah, the six two lost teams ahead of them kind of blows my mind. But it's the first one they they come out and they play this game competitively. They lose by less than ten. I think they could even jump up, uh, you know, because it's uh, Penn State's top five team in the nation, number four in the college football playoff poll. Yeah, it should definitely be pointed out that moving forward, the Gophers' strength of schedule. The remaining opponents, it's the 12th toughest schedule in the nation going forward, and that's the, mo- that's the toughest schedule of any of the undefeated teams. So strength of schedule, especially if they win the West and play a team like Ohio State or Penn State again, the Big Ten championship, not going to be an issue for the Gophers moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's important to point out in that top four, they have LSU, Alabama, they're playing Penn State, Ohio State, they're going to play. And I think one of the reasonings that they were pointing to on that broadcast is like, you might as well put them in because if, if they win this week or, like, if Alabama, LSU, one of them is going to stay in there, one of them probably is going to drop out. So this first ranking, like, if they're, like, someone's going to drop out, so they might as well be in there right there anyways. And so we still have a long way to go. But if they win, I see them jumping up far above probably all those two lost teams, you'd think, because then there's that first quality win against a team that was number four. So that's one piece, another piece of optimism to keep for Gopher fans hoping they can pull it out. And let's preview that game now. So, like we just said, Penn State's fourth in the college football playoff rankings, fifth in the AP poll. They are 8-0 and on the season, and they're a seven-point favorite heading into this, um, like, a road game for them uh, here in Minnesota. Their schedule was relatively easy. I think they had Maryland and Purdue early on in the Big Ten schedule along with their non-conference, which wasn't, uh, like, a huge, hugely challenging schedule, especially for a Penn State but these last three weeks have been impressive. They beat Iowa, Michigan, Michigan State. Iowa and Michigan are both ranked. Michigan State you can never count out. I don't think in football they're always going to be a tough out. So they've kind of ramped it up recently, and they've shown that they're, they they mean business, and they, they deserve that number four ranking. So I want to break down both sides of the ball. First, we'll start on offense. What makes them really good on this side of the ball? They've really excelled in the passing game this year. Sean Clifford's been outstanding for them only three interceptions he's also uh he can do some good things with his legs he can move around and then he's got a top-notch receiver in kj hamler currently six in the big 10 in receiving yards and i believe tied for first among receivers with eight receiving touchdowns um really good in terms of his speed um they'll use him on special teams too definitely a guy who they'll uh try to get the ball in his hands as much as possible 
Yeah, I mean, Sean Clifford, though, he also gets it done with his legs. I mean, Penn State has four rushers that they can use at any time, and Sean Clifford is the third leading rusher, so they have five guys who can run the ball. And then not only on the receiving game, not only Hamler. Hamler's a stud. He's probably going to be at least a second-round pick, but they also have Pat Fryermuth, who has taken over that tight end role, and he has seven touchdowns on the year, 25 receptions for 291 yards. I mean, this guy is a beast. I mean, they're – not only do you have to stop Hamler on the outside, you're going to have to stop Fryermuth, who's going to just wreak havoc over the middle and definitely in the red zone. Yeah, the Gophers don't have, have that tight end presence, but when you guys were laying that out, it sounded kind of similar to what we've got here. A lot of rushers that can rush the ball. Quarterback who is mobile. Morgan isn't as mobile as Clifford, but Morgan can move around the pocket especially and can get out and scramble. And then a star wide receiver, we've got a pair of them. I'm not sure if either of them maybe get to that Hamler range, but they're all right in that area. So similarities, and I know my friends sent me texts about all the statistical similarities that these teams share in a lot of ways. So on offensive side of the ball, there's a lot of things that mirror each other. And so now I want to go to defense, what what they do well on defense. Penn State, and what they do well on defense is stop the run. I mean, this is a, what depending on what category you look at, they're, they're, the one or, they're ranked one or two in terms of yards per game or yards per attempt. Uh, by opposing rushers. So this is going to be a huge test for the Minnesota run game, which has been absolutely cruising the last five or six weeks. Yeah, they, I believe they're almost half a yard better in yards per, per attempt than the second-best team in the nation right now, allowing less than two yards per carry to opponents. Um, got a really strong defensive front. They can rotate a lot of guys in there, get fresh bodies. Uh, Yeter Gross-Matus, their defensive end, um, Potential first-round pick. I mean, he he will be a first-round pick for sure. He's that yeah. good. And then they also have a good secondary as well. They're ranked top 10 in pass defense efficiency, so a hard team to score against. So you talk about that really effective rush defense. I know Gophers always talk about how we want to establish the run. Is that the same message, the same, we're just going to keep churning it out, we're going to try to keep working them down and just – continuing to run the ball even though they know that this rush defense is super dominant yeah uh, offensive coordinator Kirk Soraka for the Gophers he pretty much said we're not going to change our game we're going to do what we do and that's the inside zone scheme as well as they've been doing the outside zone scheme the last couple weeks the Gophers want to establish time of possession and Soraka kind of talked about how Fleck loves that term he loves having time of possession and the Gophers are gonna they're gonna pound it but I think it's it's gonna come down to Tanner Morgan yeah, you saw it early in the season, even when the run game wasn't having a lot of success in those first couple weeks. They kept with it, even late in games. They kept trying to get yards on the ground, and, I mean, now the running back core is a lot healthier than it was then. That helps. Offensive line has come a long way, but like you said, I think Tanner Morgan's going to have to make some throws, and, I mean, Rashad Bateman and Tyler Johnson on the outside, and then guys like Chris Ottman, Bell, Demetrius Douglas, that receiving core, I mean – Penn State's a really good pass defense, like I said, but I, I think they have some chances to exploit some matchups on the outside with their receiver depth. Yeah, I mean, if we if you look at Penn State's defense, I mean, they're going to force Morgan to probably make some big plays. He's going to have to throw it deep. They're if you're Penn State and you have the defense that you do, they're they're not as good as the Gophers, but they're still top fifty in the nation. They're going to probably take away the slants. I mean, we haven't faced or the Gophers haven't faced a good defense. That could really take away Bateman and uh, as well as Johnson, and they're gonna they're gonna force Morgan to probably throw the ball more than fifteen yards down the field. All right, so now I want to think you guys to think about Saturday, three p.m. Game's over. 
Gophers won. They they won by six. They won by three. They won by whatever. What would that win mean to the program? Well, I think it would be huge. It would probably be their biggest win since who knows when. I mean, definitely in the TCF Bank Stadium era. Um, I mean, they'll possibly be, you know, what, a, a win away from clinching the Big Ten West potentially. I I think it would be just absolutely momentous. Yeah, wasn't this the 20th anniversary this week of when the Gophers uh, uh, beat Penn State, who was a top three team in the nation? So, I mean, this would be huge. I mean, this would put this would put the Gophers on the map. I mean, it wouldn't matter if they lost the rest of the three games following. They would probably still be a top 20 team in the nation. I mean, this would be a win that Fleck would just be able to take everywhere on the recruiting trail um, as well as, you know, get his players hyped up for the next three games. But, you know, it's always a one-game season with this club. So I don't think uh, I don't think it does anything for the players. I think they'll love it. But I think they'll move on to the next game like they do for every single other one. I want you to finish this hypothetical. The Gophers win if. I think that what the Gophers have done so well over the last few weeks, and uh, Coach has talked about this a little bit, is success on first down and creating manageable third down situations. I think the running backs and the offensive line are really going to have to step up against their toughest challenge so far. Um, It's going to make a big difference to the Gophers if they can get in third and three, third and two, instead of third and seven, third and eight. If they can get third and manageable consistently, pick up those first downs and keep the drive moving, keep the Penn State offense off the field. I think that's going to be the big key. Yeah, uh, for for me, I'd have to say I, I think it comes down to Tanner Morgan. Tanner, if Tanner Morgan is able to throw the ball and have a couple big plays down the field to get the Gophers on the opposite side of the Penn State territory, I think they'll have a good shot. But then I think the def- I think this game's going to more rely on the defense. Um, I think the defense is going to have to step up. I think, you know, we saw them get attacked, picked apart, in the run game early on in the season by some, you know, not terrible schools, you know, some uh, Georgia Southern as well as South Dakota State. So I think the pass, the pass defense will be fine. I think the run defense will have to play top notch in order to keep this game close. One thing I'm interested to see is the crowd. I think it's been a topic of contention throughout the season, people tweeting out photos in the second half of students leaving it, not looking that full and saying, oh, the Gophers deserve better, like, where is this fan base? This fan base is going to come out this weekend, it feels like. The game just sold out before we started this podcast. Game just sold out, which to maybe other people listening is like, how would it not have sold out? It's just not the culture that's been here. I think it's developing towards that, but a sellout is a big deal. I think there's going to be a ton of fans. There's obviously going to be a good traveling section of Penn State fans, but I think this is going to be a crazy game. People thought college game day was going to come back. I've had like family friends who have graduated and are gone trying to hit me up for tickets already. Like people are coming back. People are excited for this game. So I'm excited to see what kind of effect that has Penn state's used to playing in front of a huge crowd in death Valley. But at the same time, the Gophers haven't really played with this sort of home field advantage. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen there. I want to jump right to predictions. I think it's kind of, a consensus that most people think, barring something, it's Penn State's game to lose. What are your thoughts on that? I think Penn State, rightfully so, is the favorite in this game. Um, Minnesota right now has to prove that they can show up in these moments. That's not something they've done historically, but this is definitely a very different gopher team to uh, 
what they've had in the past. I, I don't think they'll shy away from it at all, and I think that you know they'll show that they belong uh, out there on Saturday, whether they win or not. Do you have a score? I I am gonna say Penn State takes it twenty seven twenty four. It could be a really close game. Could come down to special teams or something. And looking at some of the team efficiencies right now, Penn State one of the best special teams in the nation. Gophers ranked way down towards the bottom. <laughs> yeah, so they're pretty bad. Something like that to keep an eye on. I I I think yeah, probably like a field goal game, something really close. But Penn State narrow victory. I think the opposite. I thought the spread was a little less. I mean, I think there's a few people who I know who are, you know, picking Penn State to win this game and cover the spread easily, which is 6.5 right now. I think Penn State easily covers the spread, and they went 35 to 24. I just think this team is super athletic. I don't think that they can I, – I think the Gophers are going to have a lot of trouble stopping Clifford. I mean, they haven't faced a quarterback like him yet this season. They faced a string of backup quarterbacks. This kid's the real deal – and you want to talk about filling Trace McSorley's shoes? He's filled them, and he might even be better. So, yeah, I think I think it'll it'll be close until about mid third quarter. And that's when we see Penn State starts to um, you know really pull away. On an earlier podcast I did today, I gave the Penn State student newspaper. I told them Penn State probably thirty one twenty one, but like I'm kind of feeling like let's just go for it. So I'm going to reverse that pick. <laughs> um, so I'm going to be wrong either way. I'm going to be right either way. So I feel good about that. My credibility is gone, which I don't really care about right now. And we'll say Minnesota 31, Penn State 21. I don't have much factual things to back that up, (laughs) besides the fact that my roommates have been parading around all weekend ready to have beaten Penn State. And so I'll just jump on that bandwagon, and we'll just see where that takes me. Uh, So any final thoughts uh, before we uh, conclude? I would expect that this is just going to be a really entertaining game to tune into for Gopher fans. Um, you know, if, if you've followed this program for a while, just try to enjoy this moment because obviously something that people here in Dinky Town have been waiting a long time for. So going to be very exciting to watch and just feel the atmosphere on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this isn't a primetime middle of night game, but this is on ABC, a national network at 11 a.m. People will be tuning in. Like Nick said, this is the biggest game program history history in probably the last 20 years. And when people ask me, you know, what what can I expect? I'm like, just enjoy where the Gophers are at right now. You don't know what next season will bring or the season after that. They're 8-0 for the first time since World War II. Enjoy it. All right, well, thanks, guys. We look forward to your coverage this Saturday. Uh, make sure to check out Nick and John. They'll be live tweeting throughout the game, and they'll have articles to come afterwards. In other news... The men's hockey team split a home series with Notre Dame last weekend, winning on a Sammy Walker overtime goal on Friday before losing 5-3 on Saturday. The team hits the road for a Big Ten matchup at Michigan this weekend. The women's hockey team had its biggest series of the season, taking on top-ranked Wisconsin last week. After winning on Friday, the team's tied on Saturday until a shootout goal from Amy Potomac gave them the win. After toppling the number one team, the Gophers took over the ranking from the Badgers and sit atop the national polls. Then on Tuesday, the team took on Hamlin in an exhibition match and beat them 9-0. The volleyball team grabbed a victory over Purdue last weekend, and now they have a pair of games this weekend, first taking on Maryland on Friday before playing Ohio State on Sunday. Both games are on the road. 
the wrestling team opened up with a victory over CSU Bakersfield 28-9, and the team remains without star wrestler Gable Stevenson, who remains suspended due to his arrest for criminal sexual misconduct. The team heads to Fargo for the Bison Open this weekend. The women's basketball team kicked off their season against Missouri State on Tuesday and could not come up with the win, losing 77-69, while their male counterparts also kicked off the season on Tuesday against Cleveland State, beating them 85-50. They continue their season with a neutral site game against Oklahoma this Saturday. That's all for this week. We will be back again next week to give you the weekly rundown on all things Gopher sports. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. We'll see everyone next week.